Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. All right, and we're back, ladies and gentlemen, and we are back. Welcome back to Lance's House of Sports. I am your host, Lance Wyatt, and I'm joined by my uh, my Robin, so to speak. He's always with me, the best duo in podcast history. <laughs> ben Gabriel, welcome back to the show. It's nice to see you again after a couple-week winter break from the both of us. Yeah, How you doing? Vacations. Yeah, you Good. were in... Good winter break. You were in Mexico, right? Yeah. yeah. How was the weather there? 85 and sunny. Beautiful. Seven days a week. Absolutely beautiful. Any rain in the mornings or what? No, the local said it only rains four months out of the year. And the rest of the months, it's like 85 to 90 and sunny. Every day? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking beautiful. I, <laughs> I was in uh, Puerto Rico for eight days as my grandpa lives there. Uh, he has a house there. He's lived there for a couple years. That was beautiful. 85 and sunny every single day. Yeah. It would it would rain in the morning for about an hour, a few days we were there, but it was like needed, you know, like the island needed that rain. Yeah. <laughs> but we're back. We're back from break. Uh, semester in school is about to start back up on Monday, and we're not excited about that, but it's time to get back into our regular lifestyle, <laughs> and it's time to get back into talking about sports. But before we do get into the bowl games, the NFL, NBA, I want to do a quick moment of silence on our podcast and just you know prayers out to Damar Hamlin and his family um, I don't know if you guys were watching that uh, Bills Bengals game on Monday night but there was a bad injury severe injury uh, that laid Damar Hamlin into cardiac arrest and they said he's doing a little bit better he's progressing a little bit but he's still not out of the woods yet so prayers to him prayers to his family prayers to the Bills organization because they've been going through a lot this season dealing with injuries left and right and other problems but a quick moment of silence for our friend Damar Hamlin and now that we got that out of the way it's been cool to see uh, football fans coming together donating uh, his foundation really cool actually I mean it was it's called the Chasing M's Foundation um, it's a charity to raise money to Buy gifts. For, buy gifts for kids. Yeah. Yeah. And how much has it raised? Like, cause his goal, it was, it his raised, goal was only like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, he's made it's over five million now. Yeah. I haven't looked today. It might be over that. Exactly what you said. Really cool to see all these football fans come together and have support for Demar and his family, and you know the toy drive that he's, you know, trying to support all these kids that are not able to get these, you know, presents for Christmas or just toys in general. So for whenever, so definitely really cool to see. Um, but moving on from that, I know it's hard to talk about sports in that aspect because of how serious of an injury that was, but there's a lot to talk about. There's a whole lot to talk about. We've been gone for a couple of weeks and Ohio state played a football game. They played a college football playoff game this past weekend. Let's Devin. try Let's try and raise the mood back up here. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of hard to do that when we're about to talk about the Ohio state Buckeyes, but Let's move into college football, the college football playoffs. We'll talk about the late night primetime game before we go into Michigan TCU. Ohio State, Georgia. That was an absolute ball game. And I know I said on the podcast last time we talked about it, I'm taking Ohio State spread in that game just because of my love for the Buckeyes. It was purely for my love for the Buckeyes and what 
my previous history on what we've been able to do in the past, even though we were struggling leading up to that game. But we were a completely different team in that ball game. Our defense wasn't great, but man, our offense. It was so beautiful to watch. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud, we were talking about it last time we were on the podcast. If we want to be successful on offense, we have to throw vertical and CJ Stroud has to run. Both of those things were done in this past game. And everything was written in this script for Ohio State to be done. With that being said, I had no faith in us the entire month of December. I didn't think we had any chance to win. But when I woke up the day of the game, I had this gut feeling in my head. And I said, we are going to win this game. And it was looking like that the entire time. The entire time. And of course, that whole game led up just for all of Ohio State all of the Buckeye fan base to be let down by a missed field goal with eight seconds left. And it's just crazy to think about. I mean, before we talk about the rest of this game, I mean, Noah Ruggles, he missed a potential 50-yard field goal to win the game with eight seconds left. For you guys that didn't watch the game, it was a 42-41 final. But people are forgetting that with four minutes left in that game, Noah Ruggles hit a 48-yarder in that game. I'm not blaming that loss on him. You know, we got him within 50 yards and – after that, we didn't help him out at all. We didn't get it to the hash mark he wanted it at. We Two runs with absolutely nothing done. We lost a yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we lost a yard. So, you know, could have done things differently. I'm not going to put all the blame on no Ruggles. Obviously, it would have been sick as fuck if he made the kick. But he didn't. Devastating. but Absolutely devastating. It's hard to say it because it's like, damn, man. But you can tell the pressure got to him. I mean, You can absolutely tell the pressure got to him. I mean... Games aren't defined by one single play within a game, and that's exactly why it wasn't on him. But I don't know. Just with everything leading up to it, the way the game was played, we were winning. We were up 14 points going into the fourth quarter. Everything was looking like we were going to win this ball game. We were outplaying them. But the fourth quarter was a completely different change of pace. Marvin Harrison got injured late in the third quarter. Um, A questionable call, so to speak, whether there should have been a roughing the passer honestly could have been made on that call as well. I think that was 50-50. And then Marvin Harrison, I mean, do you think that should have been you think there should have been a flag there because there was a flag and they picked it up. They reviewed it and they picked it up. Uh, it was I a it was a bang bang play. It was a bang bang play. I don't think he hit him late. He hit him to avoid him from catching a touchdown like I don't think it was a dirty play. It, I didn't look like he lowered his helmet. I don't think it was targeting. Obviously it sucks the way he hit the turf, the way his head hit the turf. He gave him a concussion. It was, you know, can't deny it wasn't a hard hit. But yeah. that outcome of the game would have been so different if he didn't get hurt. I, I agree. I think he if was he gets the hurt, most unstoppable player on the field, and it mm-hmm. wasn't even close. I mean, all, all of his catches that he had came in the first half. Five for 106, two scores. Yeah, but he draws so much attention away from other guys. Yeah. Like, when yeah. he comes out, like, our only guy we really have is Amika. I mean, we got Fleming, too, and he had a, he had a solid day, five yeah. for 71. But, man, our tandem. Like, everything was just written perfect for us to win. C.J. Stroud... 23 for 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. He was running the ball um, when he was scrambling out of the pocket and there was nowhere to go except upfield and carry it. He would do it. It was just, it was an incredible game. But Georgia, you got to give credit to their offense as well. I mean, their defense, they definitely didn't live up to the hype. I think every Georgia fan was surprised out of their ass on how well we played on the offensive end because of how good they thought of their defense. But Stetson Bennett and their offense, they stepped up, man. They, yeah, they matched our intensity time. all the way. And you can you could tell Stetson Bennett not only has been there before, but he's a veteran in that college environment. 
I mean, um, yeah, he, he's like 26 years old. Yeah, he's older than half <laughs> the NFL man. quarterbacks out there. He's right a grown now. man. Grown man. He was 23 for 34 as well. He had 398 passing, three passing touchdowns. He did have an interception. But that was just an incredible game. That was my favorite bowl game, honestly. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, that was I mean, watching it, I feel like you could tell that those were the two best teams in the country. In my opinion. Like obviously I mean, we lost to Michigan, but we played like shit. It that was game. just we so were, tough to it was just so tough because obviously we're gonna get into the TCU Michigan game, but TCU, you know, they lost to Kansas State in their championship game, still made the playoffs. And then they go out and they beat Michigan. While Michigan, they beat us. Well, we dominated, or not dominated, but we competed, went toe-to-toe with the best team in the nation. And then going back to the TCU-Michigan game, Kansas State, who beat TCU in the conference championship, they didn't make the playoffs. They went up against a tough Alabama team who people thought, you know, could have deserved to make the playoffs. Their two tough losses just kept them out of it. But people thought they were also a top-four team. Alabama kills them. All their prospects, they play the game. They dominate. I feel like that one was, you could see that coming. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I could kind of see that coming. I thought Kansas State was going to keep it a little more competitive than that, though. I mean, I was impressed with Alabama. I mean, you can tell Bryce yeah. Young, he was out there proving that he's a top pick in the draft next year. Yeah. I mean, I know Stroud was playing for more than just his draft position, but he did the same thing. Before, exactly, before right, that, exactly I saw right. people thought that Bryce Young was a better quarterback. People thought that Will Levis was a better quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. He is not the third best quarterback in college football. He's either the best or... Right there, right, right there with Bryce Young. I'm right there with you. I don't know. It's kind of tough to keep talking about this game because you always think of like, what if? What if we got this win and what if we were in the championship game? But but that is not the case, and it's Georgia. Georgia's the one moving on, and they're going up against TCU in the national title game. TCU and Michigan, they had an all-out brawl as well. That game was incredible to watch. TCU was winning probably the entirety of that game. But, you know, Michigan would go down two scores, and then they'd respond with two touchdowns. They'd go down 17, and then they'd respond with a score-stop score. You know, it was just back and forth, a great game to watch. But TCU in the second half and in the fourth quarter, they were able to push away, and they were able to hold off Michigan, and they were able to win that game 51-45. to Game was absolutely back and forth. Duggan, 14 for 29, 225, two tutties, two picks, 57 rushing yards, and two more touchdowns on the ground. But the one name that I want to shout out for TCU, it's their backup running back, Amario DiMarcado. I don't know how to pronounce that. I would say DiMarcado. Their leading rusher for the season, Kendra Miller, exited the game in the first half um, with a leg injury, I believe. And DiMarcado absolutely dominated. 17 carries, 150 yards on the ground, and a touchdown. Complete credit to their run game as he was matching up against Donovan Edwards on the other side, another second uh, second string running back for Michigan as Corm was not playing in this game. He had 23 attempts for 119 yards. This, I mean, the offense in this game was, I mean, it's almost as if there was no defense whatsoever. Like the yeah. amount of big plays that were broken out. Uh, I don't know if I can count them on one hand. I might need a second, honestly. It was incredible how many big plays there were in that game. And even when, you know, Michigan has a 50-yard, 56-yard pass completion, they get it on the one-yard line, and they fucking fumble it, and it goes right back to TCU. Like, that game had everything. And I, you know, I think both teams were deserving, you know. What do you think about that call at the end of the game? Because TCU and Michigan stopped on fourth down with, like, 40 seconds left, and there was a big hit, and I thought it was targeting. And I think everybody in the stadium I, thought I mean, it was targeting. You know what I'm talking about, I right? agree. I mean, I agree. I hate to always agree with you on this podcast, but yeah, <laughs> I think it was a missed call. But I mean, how, yeah. many, how many missed calls are made in a game? 
And it's, I guess I just I feel like officials it's just don't like, like the Marvin calling, Harrison injury, you know, like officials don't like calling targeting in those games because you don't want to, you know, knock take, out a big time player, yeah, you know, and yeah, you ruin a bowl game yep. when you do that. And yeah, yeah, no, nah, I so mean, I, I like those no calls, I guess TCU got lucky there. They got lucky there. I yeah. thought the game was over. Yeah. And, you know, in the blink of an eye, you think Michigan might have a chance again. But no, that wasn't the case. And they ended up taking a knee and the game was over. Yeah. I don't know. You know, credit to TCU. Credit to Max Duggan. Their offense was lights out. And even with a couple turnovers, they when they wouldn't turn it over, they'd go and score a touchdown. You know? Yeah. And they and, Michigan had more turnovers than TCU did. Yeah, I mean, like, did. they didn't have room for air, but Michigan definitely helped them out in that aspect. Uh, Mich- I, I think... Both Big Ten teams and not just all bowl games, but especially in these college playoffs, we kicked ourselves in the foot and we cost ourselves. I want to say that about Ohio State. I think we kicked ourselves in the foot without a doubt. I think we were up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Um, we had way too many guys get hurt. We were down to a third string you, tight end. No, nah, I don't want to yeah. hear those excuses, though. It's, but it's real. When you take of the best player real. in the country out of the game, like there's going to be an effect. Of course it's real. But with him out of the game, we were still up two scores. Emeka Ibuka was still doing whatever he wanted without Mar. As soon as Marvin left the game, CJ Shroud was like, all right, it's Emeka and Fleming. And when Emeka's not open, we went to Fleming. When Fle- or when Emeka was open, he threw it to Emeka, you know, because he was always open. Uh, Ibuka finished the game. You're with telling eight, me you don't think He we- finished the game with eight catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, like no. He was lights out as well. He had a great game, but you can't tell me that if we had – Travion Henderson, Myon Williams, Cade Stover, and Marvin Harrison for the entirety of that game that we would have lost. We would have won that game. We we probably win that game, but it's hard to think like that because we didn't have those run. We didn't Stover. That's tough. But the running backs, we didn't have them. We knew we weren't going to have them. Myon was supposed to be healthy. He got hurt in the first. We knew quarter. we weren't going to have one. Did he even get a? Yeah. How many was, carries did he have? Not a lot before he got hurt. It was he like hurt, two carries. I thought. He hurt his ankle. Again. I thought I literally thought it was right when the game started. Yeah, he had he three carries. His, he hurt his ankle. In the okay, first he quarter. did. He did have that first touchdown. So I guess it was. You know, like we lost. Like, I didn't realize how far into the game it was. I was thinking it was that first drive of the game. No, we lost three starters that game, and you yeah. know, Jackson yeah. Smith and Jig, but he didn't play. Obviously, that's irrelevant because he didn't play all season. But could you imagine if we had all three of those guys, all five of those guys that more like got injured? It's really tough to think about. It is. It is because really we would be winning the natty. Because <laughs> you know, I still think with all those injuries, we still should have won that game. I really do. You know, and you know the type of coverages we're playing, we're playing hesitant. We're playing not to win. Don't, you know, and I don't, I don't like I'd, that. The way we're playing, we're playing way too soft in the second half. Way too much man coverage. Kirk Herbstreit said it best. We were playing a defense that wasn't allowing long shots down the field. Obviously, in the yeah, second we half. Yeah. Well, you know on. One of those plays, Lathan Ransom just fell. Yeah. That's why he was wide open. Well, it's because he was he was playing he was playing soft. He was what 10, 15 yards back. I mean, he, he played safety, but he was but he was he, yeah he was, but he wasn't ready for the speed. And he just no, that dude was fast. He just though. straight sprinted. He didn't yeah. even you know take a few steps out the gate. He just sprinted right away, and Ransom wasn't ready for it. Yeah, he could obviously fell over, fast got enough. blown. But yeah, tough game, tough game for Michigan. Um, I was happy to see him lose. Honestly. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, honestly, I wanted to, I wanted to see him in case we were able to get the win and get that rematch. But you know, I don't want to say it, but fuck Michigan fans. You know, they're a pain in the ass. They're a pain in my ass. You know, I I know we're cocky, arrogant pieces of shit as well. But they're just they're just like us, and they don't even realize it. So whatever. Yeah. But you know what? That leads up to right what we need to talk about, and that's the TCU Georgia title game. The spread has already came out. It opened at 12 and a half. And 
The over-under is at 62.5. I personally like the spread there for TCU at first glance. I think this is going to be a better game than some people think. You think so? I, th- I think Georgia's defense got exposed a little bit in our matchup, and I think I think Max Duncan, Duggan, he's a no-joke quarterback playing with a lot to prove. I don't know. I think Stetson Bennett throws for 400 yards and has four touchdowns. I think he can throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and TCU can still cover the spread. I don't. You don't think TCU can score 40 points? I don't. I think that George is a lot better. Michigan's than, defense was no joke going into that matchup. Oh, I, I completely agree. They Michigan's defense got exposed. TCU's coaches did an amazing job with their scheme. Yeah, but TC that doesn't make TCU's defense any better. And George's offense is a lot better than Michigan's was. They put up forty five on them. Like I could easily see this game ending like you know, kind of like the Alabama Ohio State national championship. Well, I think like here's how I think the game's going to go. 30-something, 30 31. I mean, let's be real. It's, it's going to be the exact opposite of what I'm about to say because, you know, that's just always how it works. But I think, I think you know, title game, there's a little bit more butterflies when it comes to that. I think defense are, both defenses are going to be very prepared um, for this week-long preparation, this big matchup. I think it's a little slow out the gate. I think this spread's telling me. I still, I think the over hits no matter what. I don't care if it's 10-10 at halftime. I think the over's going to hit. Um, but I, th- I wouldn't be surprised if both offenses come out a little bit slow in the first half out the gate, and then they start getting it going leading up to halftime, and then the second half they just absolutely ball out. And if one team's leading up two scores come second half, you know how teams play. They start playing you know, like their life's on the line because it is, you know, and I think that's exactly what happened in both of the semifinal games, you know, offenses play like they have nothing to lose and life's on the line. They start changing up, doing whatever they can to be successful on offense. And it normally works just like us with Stroud, you know, like he wasn't running all his whole career. He had that one run his first season on the Buckeyes. But outside of that, he was never a runner. But when life's on the line, games on the line, seasons on the line, he became a runner. And I think both offenses in the second half will, you know, expand their style of play. I don't think Georgia can be any different, but like in TCU's aspect, I think Georgia's going to dominate the game. You think so? They I'm, I'm going to disagree they, with you there. They have the quarterback who's been on the stage before, the coach that's been on the stage before. You know, yeah, they're going to be much more calm and composed than TCU will be, one hundred percent. I think I think we're gonna. I think you're discrediting TCU a little bit. I, Maybe I because might be. they might never be there again. I mean, with the 12 team format in a couple of years, possibly. But I, I might be discrediting. You know, a team like TCU. that, it's tough. I might be, but I don't think that the Pac-12 is very good. You saw it when Alabama beat. You got to throw that State out the window, by, though. You, you just can't. saw what they did to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I did. I really did. And even and we'll see if TCU's running back Kendra Miller plays next week. But you saw with their backup running back to Mercado, he's just no, as TCU's good. You know, good he can get team. it done. TCU's a good team. They're a good football team. They're in the championship for a reason. But I just think that Georgia's a lot better. That's all it boils That's down fair. to. I That's think fair. Georgia has the talent. They got the five stars. They have the head coach. They have the quarterback. Stetson Bennett is – I know Max Duggan had an amazing season. He carried them to an undefeated season up until the Pac-12 championship. But – Big 12. It'll be interesting. Big, big I don't 12 know. championship. I don't know. Because we'll, it'll be interesting to see if TCU's running back can go. It'll be interesting to see if Darnell Washington, uh, a key piece to the tight end tandem for Georgia, we'll see if he's able to give it a go next week. Um, 
I don't know. I, I really like I really like TCU spread. I think I think people aren't going to expect much from them. They're going to think exactly what you think. Georgia's been there before. They're the most dominant team in the nation, and they're going to wax them. And that's exactly why the spread's twelve and a half. But I'm taking the TCU spread. I think it's a better game, and I think they have a chance to win this game. I really do. I think if they're able to get you know routinely stops stops when they need it, I think they can score points with Georgia. I really do. If I was a Georgia fan, I'd be pretty confident i'd be pretty happy that michigan lost interesting to see looking at this because can you like we were all hype about winning the game because it's like we would have gotten to play tcu in the natty yeah it's yeah like i was thinking that night like if we win this game we're winning the natty like that's exactly how georgia fell i mean yeah i yeah i agree with you (laughs) but i still think tcu would have given us a run for our money yeah i mean they're gonna make it competitive like the spread's 12 and a half that's huge (laughs) that's huge you think they're gonna you think georgia wins by Three scores? I do. I think they win the game like 49-21 or something. I'm taking the over in this game without a doubt. If I'm just throwing out a number here, I I mean, I think Georgia puts up 45 points at least. Yeah. You know, maybe 40. I'd probably say like 45-38. Yeah. It'd be like a good number. But TCU has good game film. I mean, we exposed Georgia's defense. And that's exactly why I'm saying if TCU can keep their dominant offense up, this game can go either way. Callie, you got a pick for this game? I'm gonna. You're you're taking Georgia, obviously. I'm gonna go the little different route. I'm gonna go a little spicy here. I'm gonna take TCU in this game. I'm gonna, you know, because it doesn't make any sense, and that's exactly why I'm gonna take them. Um, what you think? Who you got in this game, Kylie? I'm picking Georgia just because that one point that Ben made about how we all thought, like, if we're winning uh-huh. against Georgia, we're playing TCU, we're winning. Yeah. But I mean. Credit you to never TCU. Know. You, you never, never know. know. You, you never, never know. know. They beat Michigan. So, yeah. but I definitely think it's going to be Georgia, just because again they're more confident, more experienced. Yeah, they know. They like they're probably getting excited. Big game. TCU is probably getting a little bit more nervous. Okay. So yeah. So you think you think Georgia comes out? So like I was thinking, both teams might come out with some butterflies out the gate. You think Georgia doesn't? I mean, everybody's going to come out with a little bit of butterflies, but. Because they're more experienced, they're probably like a little more hype, a little more, more excited type of thing. A little more confidence. Yeah, a little bit more confident. Yeah. yeah. Georgia, I'm telling their national championship was against us. We were we were the second best opponent in the playoffs. No one was saying that prior to that game though. Oh, Hope I you know that. I agree. Some people were saying but, we shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. But Kirby Smart's not an idiot. He looks at our roster and he's like, That's probably the best roster in college football, on yeah. offense at least. Like a hundred percent. Like everybody knew that. Like CJ Stroud is, you know, one of the best two quarterbacks. Marvin Harrison's the best wide receiver. Like TCU has good. Their coach has always like he has had great offensive schemes all season, but they don't have the talent that Georgia has, that Ohio State has, that even Michigan has. They beat Michigan, but I think Michigan got a little more outcoached and you know, they had three turnovers in the first half that just killed them. Yeah. Should be really interesting. Should be really interesting. You're really taking TCU or are you just doing that because we're both taking Georgia? I'm taking TCU. <laughs> <laughs> now, whether I go and put money on that, put my money where my mouth is, we'll see. I probably will. Let's be real. Really? Yeah, you could always They're freak. plus 350 right now. That's really spicy for me. It started at 460 and it went down. Like I don't like that. 20 to win 70? Huh? 20 to win 70? Yeah. Like, whatever. What's 20 bucks? <laughs> What's 20 bucks? But... Um, before we do go, I want to get I want to give you guys a couple names to look out for in this game. I mean, I think I think it's pretty obvious on the TCU side. Quentin Johnston, um, their star wide receiver. I mean, in the game against Michigan, 
Um, he was absolutely dominant. He balled. Six catches, 163 yards, and a touchdown. And he had that 76-yard tutty um, in that game. But he was dominant. I mean, you could see he's he's a he's a stud. He's he, a good player. He was a, he was a pretty good player. So it would be interesting like to see how their secondary matches up against him. You can call me a hater or something all you want, but let's hear it. All of his catches, like that seventy-five yard catch and run that he took to the house for a touchdown, uh-huh. that was a blown coverage. You know, yeah. The guy that was guarding him fell. It down. was one missed tackle, and he was gone. Yeah. Well, and there was nobody else on the side of the that's field. That's the risk of the man coverage, you know, in yeah, football. Yeah, you know, the, one miss, one missed tackle, and someone can be gone. Yeah, because the cornerbacks aren't turning their head. They're no. focusing. Yeah, on everyone's the running the other way. They yeah. don't even see him. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I agree with you. I agree with you. But he, like, he's no like. Def, he's a guy. He's a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. I mean, six, six, four, two, fifteen. He's got speed. Yeah. Um, if he, you know, makes we'll one see. guy miss, if you're playing you know, the wrong coverage, he'll be gone. You know, Kelly, you know, uh, Kelly Ringo's sticking him the whole game. He's not, he's he not might. moving off of him. He, he didn't might. move off Marvin Harrison. They're not yeah. going to. But Kelly Ringo cannot guard Marvin Harrison. Marvin Harrison is the best player in college. Football. Maybe he was getting exposed a little. Maybe you got to think about it like that. Because I agree but Marvin Harrison was having I don't the best know of him. And we think Marvin Harrison's top five receiver, not just in college. But I think. And right now he would be a top five I receiver think in, in the football, NFL. In yeah. the NFL. <laughs> I really do. Top five's tough because the NFL receivers right now, like. There's even even analysts guys. are saying it. Even the analysts are saying it. Are the they next, saying that? In the next three to five years, he's going to be. I put it on Twitter. I said best the next, wide receiver. I said in the, in the NFL. next three to five years, he'll be a top five receiver in the NFL. I think he for sure be the best. That's he's, that's a good argument. I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't saying he can't six, be one. Four. He'll be top five without a doubt. He's six Too four, two fifteen. He runs a four three forty. Like yeah. he has a forty something inch vertical. Like his hands are ridiculous. He's yeah. Yeah, he's going to cause problems. He can jump and get any ball because of his size. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a problem. He's a problem, and he's going to be fun to watch. So, yeah, I don't think we were – it was as much as Kelly Ringo getting exposed as, like, damn, Marvin Harrison's really that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Johnston for TCU. You got a guy you want to name for Georgia or uh, – Yeah, uh, Brock Bowers. He okay. was he was quiet against Ohio State. Uh-huh. I think he's going to have a big game. He's due for a big game, right? He is due for a big Cause, game. Because, you know – Georgia's main receiver lad McConkey, he got hurt in the game as well. Yeah, against Ohio State. So we'll see if he is able to go as well in this championship game, um, as well as Darnell Washington. But if they're not able to go, Brock Bowers, you know, another potential day. future stud in the NFL at the tight end spot. I like that pick. Um, I think there's so much. He's I definitely say about not the to game, keep an eye on just because of how D- TCU's defense is. Like their defensive line. Go ahead, is, fam. Defensive line is small. Go ahead, fam. Like. That's what the podcast is don't about. You, don't you think that Georgia could just rush for like 250 yards just because they'll definitely dominate in the trenches? I was I was thinking McIntosh or Brock Bowers. You get what I'm saying, right? I like do they're get, dominating. I do get what you're saying. Both sides of the line. Like, I do get what you're saying. I still think they're going to be slinging the ball in the championship game, though. I really do. I hope so. I don't I want it to think, be boring. I just think with <laughs> the way the style... Nah, even if it's a run-heavy game, I don't think it's boring. Like, when Ohio State won the Natty, we were a... I mean... We could do it I, you all. You could argue we were a run-heavy team. I mean, yeah, Zeke had 500 yards in two games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that game was the most entertaining. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, I, times. I, I I would stick with Brock Bowers. I think this is going to be a gunslinging game. Um, I think if TCU, you know, jumps out early, which I could see if they get the ball first, you know, I'm going to keep my confidence with them. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to be successful. Obviously, you got you to have multidimensional on both sides of the ball, but – 
I like the Brock Bowers pick. Those are the two guys to watch out for. Brock Bowers on Georgia, Quentin Johnston on TCU. And of course, you know, Stetson Bennett, Max Duggan for TCU and Georgia. It yeah. should be interesting. It's crazy I'm going to say this, but I obviously I, like everybody roots for the underdog, but the way the Ohio State-Georgia game was played, and like, you know, players from Georgia were helping Ohio State guys up and vice versa. Like it was a, you know, there wasn't a lot of like, there was a, res- be, there was a lot a of respect. respect there. Yeah. As there should be. With and two teams like that. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I, as an Ohio State fan. And it, it didn't, it made me like Georgia a little bit more because, you know, I never really have liked SEC teams just being a fan of a Big Ten team. Yeah. They talk so much shit. But yeah. at least Georgia backs it up. You know, they're going to their second straight natty. They weren't being cocky. Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart, man. All he's respect a, to him. He's a great coach. I don't have anything like really negative to say about Georgia. Yeah. Go Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance Sonny Dykes can, you know, whip up some magic? Because, you know, I think that's why I think TCU as well. Sonny Dykes. I think Kirby Smart. A lot of respect to him. Kirby Smart is. First year this as a coach the toughest, like, for the team. This isn't even, I don't think this is even like a top two toughest opponents they've played all year. When they played Tennessee, they were way better than TCU is right now. Yeah. I know you agreed with me on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just. And t- I mean, TCU, just, we didn't talk about that game, but. Tennessee, they dominated Clemson with John Milton. Yeah. Like, if I'm Kirby Smart, I'm just telling my guys, like, go use your experience, go use your talent. Like, just go win the game. Like, it's just another game. I know it's a natty, but at the end of the day, it's just another football game. Talk about that Cotton Bowl real quick. Tulane, USC. (laughs) I mean, that game was was absolutely incredible. I thought that game was over. Tulane fought back multiple times, just like Michigan did. Um, They were down 15 points with four minutes left, and they got a touchdown. They showed an onside. They kicked it off, got USC, downed them on the one, got a safety, got the ball back, and scored a touchdown, and they won the game in the last four minutes. It was absolutely incredible. It was crazy. But Tajay Spears was the one key point for Tulane in that game. he had 17 carries, 205 yards, and four rushing touchdowns in that game. I mean, abs- like, yeah, I mean, incredible. Tulane just proved my point a little bit about those. You pa- did. Pac-12, it did. Pac-12 defenses. It did. They're horrible. Feel yeah. bad for Caleb Williams. Uh, he has another year, and he's going to be the first pick in the draft. Yeah. He's already but, making I mean, 1.5 on. million a year. On, and no. You know money. he wanted that. You I know mean, he wanted that. It's whatever. He was 37 for 52, 462 yards, five touchdowns. You can say it's meaningless, but you know, for him in that situation, you want to win that. Yeah, I mean, no one likes losing, but at the end, he's you know, he's probably not dwelling over it still. He's probably fine today, you know, sitting there living in LA, making his 1.5 mil in NIL. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Living (laughs) doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) And then the other game that I wanted to briefly talk about was the Notre Dame South Carolina game. I mean, Tyler Buckner, he was back from injury um, after being out for most of the season, got injured week one against us Buckeyes. They beat South Carolina and Spencer Rattler 45-38 to 38 in a back-and-forth battle. It was tight the whole way. Uh, Buckner, even with three interceptions, he was 274, three tutties, 61 rushing yards, two tutties. Rattler was 246 with two touchdowns, one interception. Um, that game was back and forth. I don't think that was to the level of Tulane USC, but that was a really fun game to watch. And props to Notre Dame showing their talent against, I think it was a pretty good South Carolina team. They were hot to end the regular season in college football. That was a really fun game to watch. But uh, let's move on to the pros now. While we're still... Yeah, you you have your hand raised? Yeah, we're, in, we're still in college football. I got... I don't know. You probably didn't see it. Ohio State got a big uh, transfer. Who did we get? Jihad Carter. 
He's the number one safety in the transfer portal out of uh, Syracuse. Really? Safety? Big pickup. Cause really? Because we're, we're losing uh, Tanner McAllister. Uh-huh. I hate And our other safety, J.K. Johnson, who is a backup, hit the transfer portal. He's too, not so. that good either. He wasn't that good. McAllister, I didn't think he was so, that good. Yeah, we got the number one That's safety. That's huge. Huge for our defense. Jim Knowles is loving that. Are <laughs> yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, wow. He's, he's going to have a big role. Yeah, so for sure. You saw those safeties have a big role this year. They didn't always live up to it, but for uh-huh. the most part, they were playing well. Yeah. Now, that'll know. be really interesting for next year. Yeah. That's exciting. Gives me a little bit more hope for our Thought defense, honestly. Throw some recruiting news out there for all the Buckeye yeah. fans that tune in. Much appreciated. <laughs> when was that? Yesterday. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Hopefully, we get some more guys. Yeah. I mean, we have a great class coming in. I know we do. <laughs> Gonna be special next year. You think you think we uh, get anyone to replace Kyle McCord, or do you think he's our guy next year? Uh, we have a freshman, Devin Brown, and uh-huh. he was practicing with the team before the bowl game. And Kirk Herbstreet, I think it was Kirk. Can't quote me on that, but one of those big ESPN guys, one of the big commentators, commented on, and his quote was that Devin Brown, our freshman quarterback, threw one of the best sixty-yard balls you'd have ever seen. Shit. <laughs> I mean, so, I you know, know, it's going to be a battle. People said that about Zach Wilson, It's going to be a battle, you know, but everybody yeah. forgets Kyle McCord, you know, he was a five-star. Played, no, no. played in Pennsylvania, 6A. Yeah. You know, he was in the top division. He won the national championship two years in a row. In 31 games, 31 games, he had 8,000 passing yards and 87 touchdowns Damn. in 31 games. Damn, it's 280 yards a game. I mean... And, it's really good. And then Devin Brown is a was an Elite 11 finalist. Yeah. Like, none of those guys are, like, no jokes. No, nah, but, I mean, if we go with Kyle McCord or not, I think we are going to. I'm not really worried about it because I think our offense is just – we're going to be even more incredible next We're going to have Travion. My the amount end. of weapons we're going to have is absolutely ridiculous. And I think it'll be the type, you know – I know it's a bad comparison because Mac Jones is in the league, but, you know, like, Mac Jones with his ridiculous squad – I mean, yeah. I mean, we're going to have Travion Henderson, Myon Williams at running back. Uh-huh. We're going to have Marvin Harrison at the wide receiver one, Amika Buka at the wide receiver two, and Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis are the two best wide receivers in the country that are both going to be true freshmen next year. Yeah. I'm hoping one of those I guys I mean, those, those guys starts. aren't going to have crazy years with our two we have at top. No, nah, because you can't have that many guys with that many yards. Like, yeah, but the Jackson, ball can only go. no one thought Jackson would have a crazy year with Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And- Maybe one of them. <laughs> I'm saying both, though. Oh, yeah, both of them won't. One, of, just, one you know, of them will probably redshirt. So many guys can be on a field, yeah. One of them will probably redshirt, but I think the other one will But they're going to get so much experience under that wide receiver core that we I mean, have. I mean, that's what always gets guys Brian Hartline, back, man, just yeah. coaching them up. Like, you think, is he going to be uh, making uh, play calls next year? See me, because uh, no. Ryan Day came out and said after the game he's not going to be doing that anymore. Yeah, no, but Brian Harline won't be the OC. It'll be really interesting to see who starts calling plays for us next year. Uh, let's move on to the pros, though. I mean, with only a week left in the regular season, a bunch of teams now clinched in the playoffs. There are still a few teams fighting for certain spots, fighting for a one seed, fighting for that seven seed in the playoffs. And there are a lot of teams that can take the final spots on both conferences. And there's a few games that have to be played out to decide those games. But, you know, before we get into these crucial games that we have in Week 18, some of these key games in Week 17 that went down, one of them I want to talk about, you know, Dolphins-Patriots. Um, Dolphins, no two attack of Iloa. Uh, another head injury that he suffered in the game prior. Um, I don't believe he's playing this week. Um, they lost to the Patriots this past weekend, and it moved the Patriots into the final spot in the playoffs. What's the Dolphins' record right now? Um, they're 8-8. Eight 
Right. So they were seven and zero. They were eight and three. They were eight and three. They they were uh, seven and one at one point, right? They were um no, they were three and zero. Then they lost three in a row, and then they won five in a row, and it moved them to eight and three. And when they were at eight and three, this team was incredible. Everyone had all the hopes in the world for them. And then we talked about it on this podcast. They're in the biggest three game stretch of their season, going at San Francisco, at LA Chargers, at Buffalo. And they lost all three of those games. Yeah, and they haven't. And, been, and they haven't won a game since. They recovered. lost. They lost at home to Green Bay, and now they lost on the road to New England. And just like that, they're on the outside looking in. They need a win against the Jets this coming up week, as well as a Patriots loss. And that's, I mean, absolutely huge. We'll see what happens because the Patriots they're going up against the Bills this coming up week, and I think the Bills win this matchup. I mean, if they even play this game, it'll be very interesting to see. I think um, they'll. Uh, I think they'll play the. game. I think they play the game. But it's I mean, be by then you would hope to have good news from the situation that Demar is yeah. like stable. You know that he's going to yeah. be okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's still being taken day by day, but I still I think the Bills win that game. They're at home. They're still trying to get the one seed. It's not out of the picture. They still have a chance to do it. As well as that, you know, the Steelers still have a chance to make the playoffs. Believe it or not, they've just been hanging around all season long. They've been able to t- uh, tally a few wins these last few weeks. And with that being said, the Patriots, the Dolphins, and the Steelers, it is up to those three teams for who gets that last seven spot. And I personally think it's going to be the Steelers. I think the Bills beat the Patriots this coming up week. I think the Dolphins shoot themselves in the foot, whether it's Teddy Bridgewater. He got injured as well this past week. If it's him or Skylar Thompson, I don't know, but they are not playing great football right now. And the Jets, I bet you... They are wanting to play spoiler out the ass. It's still a rivalry game, you know? And I'm a Mike White guy. But it should be interesting. If the Dolphins shoot themselves in the foot, then it's Browns at Steelers, where if the Steelers win that game, they can get it. The one thing about that game is all three games are at 1 o'clock. So no one's really going to know. All three teams are going out to win. Um, Who you got in this final spot in the AFC? Who you like? I never thought I'd say it, but I like the Steelers. You like Steelers with me? I think, but I don't know because the Browns are sneaky in the AFC North, man. They're really going to give, like, and I I don't even know if the Steelers are a better team than the Browns. Yeah, I don't know either. I just think the Steelers, you know, I think they're going to outcoach them. Yeah, their coach is a lot better. They're going to set them up for success. I think it's a game they can win, you know, like, just like last week, 16-13, you know, 21-17. Um and they know what's at stake. They know they know even if they do win, they may not get in. But the fact that they yeah. have to win and there's a chance, they're gonna I think they go out and get the win. Yeah. Now I'm not worried about the Patriots. I think the Patriots hopped the Dolphins this past week, but you know, going up against the Bills is just too good of a team. I don't think they're gonna sit any of their guys out because they can still get the one seed. I don't think they get it done. They're on the road. The Dolphins, on the other hand, you got to think they can beat the Jets. I think they're a way more talented team than the Jets. But they haven't won a game in almost a month and a half. And they're not playing great football. Their defense is mediocre right now. It really is. Their offense is a mess. QB problems out the ass. Who knows who they start this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets pull off an upset on the road. It'll be really interesting for how it pans out. It will um, be. God, I hate to talk about it because everybody's been avoiding it because the – Big injury, but with the Bengals not or the Bills not playing that game, like, do you know how it affects either team? You know what I mean? 
Um, so it doesn't bring the biggest effects to them because I was, you know, I was looking at the, uh, cause you said the Ravens have six losses, right? Yes, they do. Uh, it's weird because it says, it says that the Bengals do not have the division clinched, but it doesn't make any sense with how the Bengals could lose it. Cause they're two, they're two games up right now. Let's say they even give them a tie. If they lose and the Ravens win, they're still a half game up, yeah. you know? This, yeah. So I don't know. I'm I I think I think the Bengals have their spot on lock. I mean, they can just move up. I don't think they can move down at all. Um, yeah, because that four seed is either the Titans or the Jaguars, and that's exactly the next game that I want to talk about. And that's another game in the AFC that has playoff implications on the line. And that's a Saturday night game this weekend. Because whoever it's not even who like whoever loses that game doesn't even make a wild card either, right? No, no, no. But but both teams have terrible records. The Jaguars are sitting at eight and eight right now. I guess it's not terrible right there with the Pats, Dolphins, and Steelers. Um, but yeah, the Titans, um, they're behind the Steelers, Dolphins, and Patriots, I'm pretty sure. And um, you know, like uh they only have seven wins, right? Yes, they're seven and nine. But if they let's say the Titans if they win, they're in the let's say the uh, Titans the win, seed. Jags finish at eight and nine, Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers all lose, they're all at eight and nine, you know? But I just think the all those three teams have an advantage in some way, probably conference wins, I'd assume, over those division teams. But still a chance to get the four seed. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans are playing in a huge game on Saturday night. The game's in Jacksonville. Jags are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and it's a winner-take-all division. A really interesting thing, though, Titans are on a six-game losing streak, while the Jags have won five of the last six, and the Titans have been without Ryan Tannehill for the last couple weeks. They rode with Malik Willis a couple weeks ago. Wasn't a fan of him. They went and picked up Josh Dobbs. He played a decent game, still wasn't able to get the win. I'm pretty sure they're starting Josh Dobbs in this big matchup against the Jaguars. But I think the Jaguars get it done. I, do I really do. I, unless Derrick Henry has a 250-yard rushing game, I don't see this Tennessee Titans offense doing anything to hang around with this Jaguars offense because this Jags offense is good. Yeah, Trevor it's Lawrence good. is... Trevor Lawrence has proved a lot of people wrong this year with Doug Peterson as yeah. his head coach. He's, if Put I him was, in the right spot. If I was a franchise and I had a young guy and... You know, and I, Trevor Lawrence, after what I've seen this year, I'm very confident in the future. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. For sure. I'm not a huge Trevor Lawrence fan by any means, but you can't. Yeah, I'm not. Can't hate on him for playing well. Give him a lot of respect for the type of season they've had. Um, When the season was early, about three weeks in, I had the Jaguars uh, making the playoffs, winning that division. It didn't look like it was going to happen. About two months afterwards, you know, they were not playing good at all. But here we are. They've won five of their last six. They're in the four spot right now, and it's a win in your end game against the Titans. Should be really interesting. Do you think the Titans got any chance? Do you think Derrick Henry can get it done? No, because you Jacksonville is going to just put seven guys in the box and make Josh Dobbs throw the football the yeah. whole game. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. They're not going to be able to do a lot. That's my opinion. I think the Jaguars get it done. No, I mean, I agree with you completely. I think they, you know, I think, I think they get it done pretty handedly. I think they score you know, 28, 31 points. If the Titans were dealing with these quarterback problems and they were still like winning every couple weeks, even every few weeks, but these guys haven't won in a long time, you know, it's, I mean, they lost to Houston even, you know, and they only put up 14 points on them. Like I get it. You had Malik Willis at quarterback, but they are not, it's not looking good at all for them. I, I like the Jaguars in that game completely. Yeah, I agree. On the NFC side though, everything's basically locked 
whether the Eagles get the one seed or the Cowboys get a win, Eagles lose, Cowboys get the one seed, the Niners, they can sneak up on it, but we don't know. But the more important thing in the NFC playoff picture is who is getting the seven seed. And just like that, don't look now, but the Packers control their own destiny for the seven seed. Can you believe it? Aaron Rodgers discount double check. I remember halfway through the season, I had to say it because they were extremely bad. I thought they were one of the worst teams in the league. Look at them now. They're hot. And people, if they win this game and they make the playoffs, they're a scary team to play in the playoffs. You don't want to play them. You really don't. No, the Vikings would have to play them, right? The Vi- and, ex- and that's it. Well, yeah, the two because the Vikings have the it'll two be seed. interesting to see. The Vikings have the three seed right now. Three? Who has the two seed? The Niners. Both teams are sitting at 12 and four. Niners have the um, advantage over them. Division wins. Yep. Yeah, they're based on a conference record. They're nine and two. Vikings are seven and four. But what's really interesting are these two games on Sunday. The Rams and Seahawks, they match up at 425. The Seahawks have the seven seed in the bag right now. They're sitting at the seven seed. But it's interesting because I don't understand how the numbers work, but the Seahawks need a win and a Packers loss for them to make the playoffs this week. But what's interesting, really interesting, is that if the Seahawks win that 425 game against the Rams, it knocks the Lions out of the playoffs. But yet, if they also win that game, they need the Lions to beat the Packers on Sunday night. So I'm thinking everything is written in the scripts perfectly for Aaron Rodgers to get it done and to make the playoffs and to shock the world once again. You think they beat the Lions on Sunday night? I think they beat the Lions on Sunday night. I really do. It's a crazy game because both teams are on fire right now. Yes. Lions have, what, won like six in a row or something? Packers have won like five in a row? Packers, they're uh, right now sitting on a four-game win streak um, while the Lions, they've won four of their last five. So no crazy streaks, but... Both teams are playing winning football right now. Yeah. And I thought the Lions were going to be the last team to sneak into this playoffs with the Giants. You know, I think the Packers being at home on Sunday night, I just think they get the edge. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still a top five quarterback. Top, yeah. Top six. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he's up top, there. Yeah, he's he, one of the best quarterbacks 10. of all time. That's all you got to yeah. say. But the Lions, we have to say, it, they technically do still have a shot. They need the Seahawks to lose at 425, and then they need to win their game on Sunday night against the Packers on the road. I mean, that could definitely happen. It can go, it can totally happen. I mean, the I Rams mean, are playing, but Baker Mayfield's playing. He's well, playing solid football. So. Um, I I mean, I think the Seahawks get it done. You know, they're playing with a spot in the playoffs, and I don't think they mess it up. I think they get it done. It'd be that'd be absolutely crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah. If they blew that game, the Lions get the win on the road, that would be absolutely nuts. But Does I'm it? gonna Huh. Sorry, I just I'm getting off topic, but does this season for the Rams like does it um it looks kind of bad on Sean McVay? <laughs> I would agree. I think I think they turn their season around next year though. I mean, I I don't think you can give them. I don't think you can because they've been dealing with injuries too. Yeah, they have. Stafford got hurt early, and this is one bad year for him with the whole resume. I don't think it's anything for him to worry about. And they still got pretty solid players. They still got Stafford come back next year. You just haven't. You, I've I don't never think. Seen I don't think it's something to worry about. This bad the year after they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I think we've seen teams in the Super Bowl not make playoffs before, right? Yeah, but not this bad. Yeah. I understand. You know, they have 12, 11 losses. It's yeah. <laughs> it sh- I mean, it, sh- it should be really interesting. That's more of an off-season topic, and we can talk about it a little more in the next few weeks. 
but yeah, they did. Ha- they had a letdown season, bad, yeah. bad. I mean, they weren't playing well already, and then they just got more banged up on the offensive end, out the ass, and now they're just one of the worst teams in yeah. football. I mean, people Scott thought really, but. that that was going to happen to the Bengals. Calling uh, the, calling the Super that. Bowl a fluke, like no, know. That, that's just you know that's just bad press. People that have nothing else to talk about, you know, like they're just saying that. Because obviously, if you don't think the Bengals are going to be good, then you don't know football because your roster's loaded. Yeah, it is insane. So, making me smile, man. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> like, I'm not talking to the Bengals fan, Ben. Here, I'm just talking football. The Bengals are loaded. Yeah, they're going to be very good for many years to come. They're. Uh, they I mean, they're it's not just Joe. It, it'll be interesting to see who they pay, who they don't, who they let go, because that's the next step. Because they are a young team, and that's yeah. The next I mean, Joe Burrow's getting his bag this year. I just, you know, I'm hoping he's takes his. 40 mil doesn't ask for 50 mil leave some cap room for the other guys yeah that's i'm praying on it man because you know you know he wants to keep that team together because yeah oh of course it's not like he's just winning by i mean you're probably gonna lose tyler boyd but yeah it's whatever it's it okay it's tough to see him go but you have t against jamar chase like okay bye tyler boyd's the best slot receiver in the nfl (laughs) you don't need him ben go get cole beasley i don't want cole beasley I'm just saying a name. Just say, go get another slot guy, you know, for cheap money. You'll find one. You know who I do? When want. you have guys out wide like that, it's pretty easy to play slot. Maybe a Raiders rebuild and we get like Renfro or something. That'd be dope. That'd, That'd be, be dope. dope. That'd be dope. <laughs> I mean, that's another topic that we can talk about come off season. Yeah. But um, let's finish talking about the NFL here. I mean, how about them Eagles, man? Everyone's discrediting Jalen Hurts like always. Eagles would be just as good with Garner Minshew. Um, they're a top team with them or without them. Two games without them now, and they're 0-2. Right, um, and they're at me. risk of losing that one seed. You got me. <laughs> hey, that's all I'm saying. You got me. But it's crazy because with these two weeks out now, he's out of the MVP race. Yeah, it is. Which he I kind of think is bullshit. He is. I mean, Joe Burrow's second. Yeah, exactly. It's Patrick Mahomes and now Joe Burrow. I mean, and I, I mean, credit to Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes, well-deserved. But Joe Burrow but, missed the game, too. He's probably out of it now, too. It's yeah, Patrick it's going to Patrick Mahomes. He has it locked up. But, my like we said on the last podcast, my Jalen Hurts argument was a great argument, and I think he's going to come back and he's going to win this game. They're going to get the one seed, and I think they go to the Super Bowl. I like it. I just, I is mean, is there any part of you that thinks that Jalen Hurts missing those two games at the end of the season messes up their chemistry a little, a little bit, bit going into the playoffs? A little bit. I you do. know what I mean? I do. Um, because you know, I always say, flow going, I always you know? say you got to be playing good football going into the playoffs to be successful. And, hey, that's exactly Buccaneers. If they make the playoffs, all of a sudden people are saying, you know, they can beat anybody. Um, but the Eagle, back on the Eagles, I mean, I definitely think it'll mess up the rhythm, rhythm a little bit. That's why I think they do dominate this coming up week with Jalen Hurts coming back. He's going to do everything in his power to make sure they're back to playing their best football, especially after two straight losses. I wish it was against a little bit of a better opponent, but I mean, the Giants, who knows what they're playing for? They're in the sixth seed and they're locked there. They're not going up. They're not going down. They're in the sixth spot. So I wouldn't even be surprised if they sat out a couple guys. So Cowboys are five, right? Locked? Um, not locked. It's not locked, but they, they're mo- the one, they will be at five. If the Eagles win, they'll be at five. So if the Eagles get the one seed, they get the bye, and then they'd either have to play. They're going to play Tampa Bay. Dallas or. Dallas is going to play Tampa Bay. Yeah, but the winner of that game would play the Eagles in round, in the second round. Mm, yes. Yes. Well, that's not know. true. That's not true because let's say a six or seven seed upset happens, then the six or seven seed plays the one. Okay. Okay. 
but most likely, I would say the I think the Niners get it done. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It'll be really interesting because if the Packers win, you know, Packers, Niners, um, if, you know, the Vikings, Vikings, Giants, I really think that can go either way. I, I think the Giants can beat the Vikings with the way the Vikings play, you know? The Vikings haven't been playing the best football. Either. No, they I mean, haven't. They I mean, they're dominated. They're 12 and four, but they just got murdered. They win one score games. That's it. I mean, but they got murdered last week, right? Yeah. It wasn't even close. No. So. There are teams that are playing good football, and I think those teams are going to be successful in the playoffs and probably get out of the first round. And, you know, teams like the Vikings, like, that could easily get upset by a team like, you know, the Packers or... Yeah. So no, it's... NFL it, playoffs It'll be so really fun. interesting it's, to see because, like, you know, Dallas-Tampa Bay, I don't... I think that's a great game. Games in Tampa Bay, Giants-Vikings, I think that's a great game. And then you got most likely Niners against Seattle, Detroit, or Green Bay. I think if they match up against Green Bay, it's going to be a good game. I still got the Niners in that game, but the Packers ain't running away from no smoke, and they're playing hot football right now. They just dominated a top team in the NFC right now. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones is playing good ball. Christian Watson has come into his own. He's the best receiver on that team Yeah, by far. Yeah. He does it all, you know. Aaron Rodgers has gotten comfortable with his guys. The NFL is just getting started, man. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Big month ahead oh of us. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. <laughs> Let's talk about the AFC a little bit. We don't really know who's going to be getting the one seed. Most likely, it's going to Kansas City because they're playing the Raiders. Yeah, I mean. Um, I get it. The Raiders played well with Jared Stidham, but I don't know. Let's say let's say the Chiefs lose. If the, Buff- if the Bills win, they move into the one spot. If the Chiefs lose and the Bills lose... Um, the Chiefs keep the one spot and it moves Buffalo down to three and the Bengals will get the two. But we're going to, let's talk like the Chiefs win. Let's talk like the Chiefs beat the Raiders. Let's talk like the Bills beat the Patriots. Um, I think the Bengals beat the Ravens this week. Yeah. I don't know if Lamar's going to be back. I think they're just going to wait till the playoffs for him to return. Yeah, they're clinched. Um, yeah, they're clinched. I pretty Which sure is crazy because right now I think we have to play the Ravens in the first round. I, th- I, that's exactly, you're exactly right. Um, Say Bengals win. Um, let's say the Jaguars get it done. Um, Chargers over Broncos. I got Chargers. Um, so are we locked in at the three seed? Huh? Are we locked in at the three seed? You guys cannot get any lower than three. Even if we lose? Because they haven't announced that if we you guys or anything. If you guys lose, you guys are still... It says here you guys are the three seed on this playoff machine. Okay. So... 11 and 5, Ravens at 11 and 6. Give you, give you guys the tie, 11, 5, and 1. That's better than 11 and 6. You guys would still play what time, again. Do we play at 1 o'clock on Saturday? Um, no, you guys play Sunday. When do the Sunday. Bills and the Chiefs play? 1 o'clock Sunday. Or Bills Bills play 1 o'clock Sunday. Chiefs play 4.30 on Saturday. Because those games, like... If the Chiefs win on Saturday, they have the one seed locked. If the Chiefs win on Saturday, are we sitting our guys against the Ravens? Just... Holding the three seed? Or, like, um, are we playing like the Bills are going to lose? That's interesting. Bills are going to lose. And yeah, because if Bills lose and you guys win, you can get a two seed, and that's a matchup against... Yeah, but those games are at the same time. Patriots-Steelers, they are at the same time. No, yeah. you guys are going to play to win, I think. Yeah. You guys are going to play to win because you never know in that Patriots game. Patriots have to win to make playoffs. And we, you So know, there's, some, there's a big 
playoff implication in that game. And I Patriots hate to, are going to give them their best game. I hate to say it, but you know, after like a week off, like you have to find your rhythm again going into the playoffs. Yeah, I think we they, they basically had a week off. They we should play all of our starters. Football. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because you don't know with that game. I definitely think they play their starters, but they have a chance at the two seed. Um, I don't think they can get the one seed, yeah. but they're I mean, sitting we need at a two lot or to three. Happen. They're sitting at two or three. We're assuming the Chargers get the win. The Chargers most likely. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance they can't Chiefs ahead of them. They're going to be on the road against the Jaguars or the Titans. I like the Chargers in that game. Right? Yeah, I mean the Chargers have way too much talent. They just I, got all their guys back. Mm-hmm. Chargers. I, got, I mean, Chargers. There are teams where you can look at in the AFC and they're scary, and it's the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chargers. In I think, my opinion, I, I don't put Chargers in that. I really don't. No. I think they're a really good team, but you not don't think yet. They're scary. Not yet. Like, as a Bengals fan, I don't want to match up against them in the first round. I think you guys can beat them, though. Well, I definitely can beat anybody in the NFL. We can win the Super Bowl. I mean, I agree with you that I think think the Chiefs, Bengals, uh, Bills, and Chargers are in a a different tier. I think those three teams are in a tier, then another tier in the Chargers, and then I think it's another tier with the Ravens, and then I think it's the rest of the teams in the AFC. You think the Ravens are better than the Jags right now? Yes. Really? I think they beat them. Because once they get... It'll be interesting because Lamar hasn't played in a little bit, so yeah. maybe he's a little rusty. Um, if that matchup were to happen, I don't think it can. I don't believe it can happen. That's why it doesn't really matter. But let's say the matchup were to happen. Um, yeah, I think the Jaguars would have a chance for sure. Just with the style of the play the Ravens have, you know, and Jags got some solid players on defense. I mean, their offense is getting rolling. The playoffs are crazy because, like, you don't want to play Lamar. No. Or Justin Herbert. No. But I'd rather play those guys than Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Or That's why the AFC is so Patrick goddamn Mahomes. nuts. Yeah. But I still think those top teams prevail. You know, I think I think with Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs, I'll keep saying it again and again. When they match up, you know, it's may best team win. I don't know. It can go either way. Yeah. But if it's a Bills, Bengals, Chiefs against other, I got th- I got them. Yeah. Whoever it is, there's I think they get it done. An, you, there's bound to be an upset from one of those three teams. Maybe. Though. You don't think Maybe. all – like the top three seeds, like well, because I think Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills all think they can win it all. So I don't think they're yeah. gonna. I don't think they blow a game. You know. Yeah. Like if they if if they lose to the Chargers, it's because the Chargers play the game of their life. You know. But again, that matchup's probably not happening. So who do you got in the Super Bowl as of now? I still got the Bills. Bills Eagles still. Yeah, and let me uh, let me show you a little video why. <laughs> The NFC really still stumps me because you can the say NFC, Dallas, I, you can say Dallas, you can say San Francisco. Yeah. Actually, I'm not saying San Francisco. I don't think they get it done with Brock Purdy. No, he doesn't have any experience. I that. just I think Cowboys and Eagles can get it done. Um, so I'm saying Eagles or Cowboys, but my Super Bowl, I'm going Eagles Bills. But this video I want to show you, it just shows everything that the Bills have gone through this season. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I guess I'm going to turn this noise down. So at the start of the year, um, Dawson Knox, his brother Luke Knox, um, he died at the age of 22. That's one big problem for the Bills at the start of the season. Micah Hyde got injured at the start of the year, out for the year, the neck injury. Dane Jackson's scary neck injury, he was out. The Thanksgiving storm that they had to go through and all the weather that they've had to deal with for weeks on weeks. Um, 
they had and within that they had to go play a game in Detroit. Um, Von Miller, a new guy that they got on the team, expected to be the leader on the defense out for the year with a torn ACL. Um, they had a second blizzard that's shown in this. And then, of course, the DeMar Hamlin injury. Like, this team has just been through so much this season. I feel like it's kind of a perfect story for me. Like, I feel like they haven't been playing their best football, yet they're still sitting here at a 13-3. and three. I think they prevail. I think it's their year. I've been saying it from the beginning. I think they're due. I think Josh Allen's due, and I think he goes to the Super Bowl, and I think he wins it all. Yeah, I just don't think their defense is as good as people thought it was. I mean, especially, they're banged up, especially with like Von crazy. Miller out. They're banged up like crazy. So it's just you're you're right. They're incredibly banged up, but I think they I think they find a way. I don't know. I just think teams like the Chiefs they're still gonna they're just gonna put up a ridiculous number of points. Yeah, because Von Miller, Bills, no one understands how big of a loss. I know, work. I know the Bills' offense it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, but I think other teams have better defenses now with it Von be. Miller being out, like Hyde being out. Jordan Poyer, Jordan Poyer is questionable every week. Hopefully, he's back by playoffs. <laughs> he should be fine because he, I mean, he got a, he had a rest week. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, he, I hate yeah. talking so, about yes, it like that be. because he will be severity injury. No, he injury, will. but like both teams got to rest. Yeah, you know, did he play? He didn't play, did he? He wasn't playing. Jordan Poyer played. He did play. Mm-hmm. Okay, then yeah, he's fine. He, he's gonna play. But yeah, he was questionable. He's in playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Should be really. Really crazy. Um, with that being said, it should be really interesting in the NFL. Um, this last week, there's a lot of crucial games. Definitely need to tune into these matchups. And once again, I mean, prayers out to DeMar Hamlin. We still don't know what's going on with him. Hopefully, he's okay. Yeah. Do you know if he's breathing on his own now? Because he wasn't last I checked. The last thing they said was on Tuesday, and that it was that he was, I think, they had him turned on his side or on his stomach to uh-huh. take the pressure off of his lungs. Oh, shit. So I don't – I think he still has a, he's still on a ventilator, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But they did I say that tr- his breathing is, pro- like, coming back slowly. This says he's making positive progress, but he's still in critical condition. You know? Yeah. So like, no, he's still on he's a not ventilator. Out of if the they woods, turn the ventilator like off, he's – he wouldn't be – Yeah, he wouldn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah. Really hope he pulls through because that would just be yeah. devastating, not just for the team. Yeah, I mean, and he has league. a great story too. Yeah, from what I've read, so it would it would be really sad. But mm-hmm. I think he's gonna make it. You know, he's a strong kid. He's obviously healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. Yeah. So, you know, just hopefully we get a good update on that next time we do this podcast. But yeah, prayers out. But um, we're finishing this pod. We're talking about the NBA. We're not gonna get it into depth too much. We're going to really talk about it a whole lot more next week, but we have to talk about it just because of all the scoring that's going on in the NBA this season. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, with Giannis having 55 on Tuesday night, on Monday night, um, Donovan Mitchell had 71, Clay Thompson had 52. Um, and, you know, I feel there's so many games that I can talk about, but teams are just scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and with that the nets also you know they're scoring like crazy they're on a 12 game win streak right when they had a struggle season they fired steve nash don't look now but they're at the two seed in the eastern conference only a half game back from my celtics i mean they've been playing absolutely incredible how about the i mean dallas mavericks you know we were talking about 
can they figure it out a little bit? You know, with just Luca, Luca's a different breed, man. He's just yeah. like one of those guys. They're on a seven game win streak. They move up to four in that Western Conference. I mean, the NBA's wild. The Suns, they were at the top of the seed or top of the conference when the season started. They've moved down to eight already. They're on a big time losing streak. I mean, with all that being said, before we talk about some of these teams, with all this scoring that's going on in the league, is there an explanation for this, or is it just good ball from good players? Um, I think as the NBA has continued over the years, defense has gotten less and less important. Now, you can definitely agree. like They were trying on defense so much harder when the Heat and the Spurs were playing in the finals. And Kawhi Leonard was a rookie. I agree because it's the regular season, but it's always like that. Come playoff time, if you don't have good defense, you're not yes, going to the chip. Very rarely do you defense see a wins team championships. Like OKC scoring 150 on it, the best team in the dude. You did not have to bring that up. On okay, this but I'm just saying you like, did not. Defense was irrelevant in that game. It was just piss poor. I mean, I could go into as much detail as I want about everything we were doing wrong. <laughs> we gave up 150 points to a Shea Gilgus alexander list team. No Polkozeski for him. I mean, they were not healthy at all, and they dropped 150 points. They had five guys with over 20. I mean, it's a recipe for disaster. We didn't. Yeah. We shot the ball thir- like 30-something percent, 30 percent from three, like gave up 150. <laughs> <laughs> You're not winning no game like that, but... I mean, the only explanation that I would have for all this scoring going on would be, you know, the new take foul rule. Because, you know, you're no longer allowed to foul in the open court throughout transition because it leads to a foul and the ball. Yeah. So that's not happening as much. So transition is happening like crazy. And, you know, that's my favorite part about basketball, transition. So it's been amazing for the league. And that's really my only explanation for why all these points are being scored in the league because it's up tremendously over the past 20 years. I mean, it's been rising over the years, but this year it's like crazy high. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. So I think did you did you watch that Cavs game where he scored 71? Uh, I, some of it. I didn't watch the whole game. But like the highlights it. from it? I watched like, the highlights. Yeah, I watched the full highlights. Like he couldn't be stopped. Like well, it, I mean, they could try to play defense, like, but he was, you know, he was hitting fadeaway threes. He, he had like, he had like 50, 50 something in overtime, and then he, or he had fifty something by overtime, and then he had sixteen points in OT. But it was funny because he went on NBA Today the day after, and you know they have to talk to him after an incredible performance like that, and they were like, "When did you know that it was your night and you were and you were going?" And he said it wasn't until that missed free throw with, the, and he got that putback. You know, you see that play. It was late in the game. He missed a free throw and yeah. he ran around everyone and caught it in midair and put it back up and so made the layup. Sent it to OT, right? Yeah. 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 And he said that's when he knew God had something planned for him, but he was already at 50. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that is what led to him having that crazy overtime game because they were losing that whole game. They were down 17, 15, almost 20 points, I think. Um, I, w- I was actually supposed to go to that game. You told me that. Yeah, I was supposed to be at that game. Um, but I decided not to go. I had some family in town. Um, they were they were leaving Tuesday morning, so I decided to stay throughout the weekend to hang out with family. And I mean, I don't regret it. I mean, I missed the generational game. <laughs> <laughs> you did, but family got to family got to come first. But yeah. It, yeah, that game was crazy. I watched the highlights. Of that game, seventy seven from Donnie, forty four from Demar. I mean, did you see it's uh, incredible? Kyrie's putback dunk last Kyrie's night. Kyrie's putback dunk. That was insane. I didn't know he had bounce like that. I, yeah, but that was different. 
But I mean, <laughs> the NBA has just been so much fun to watch. The last time we were talking about the league, we were talking about all these Christmas games. I was four for five on my Christmas picks. I don't know if you were keeping track at all. It's my one sole loss coming from that Grizzlies Warriors game with no Steph. And yeah. and it's just credit to the Warriors. I mean, the way they play at home, it just it doesn't even make any sense. They're 17 and 2 at home on the season and 3 and 16 on the road on the season. I thought it was going to switch up once Steph got hurt, but nothing has changed in that aspect and they win games at home. Absolutely crazy. But I mean, I don't know if people watch those Christmas Day games. I mean, the views weren't like the NFL games, but I mean, can I talk about that Celtics-Bucks game a little bit? I mean, I still think those are the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. I think it's those two, and then Bucks-Nets, and then Philly-Heat in another tier. But, but I mean, the Bucks aren't playing great. They're still sitting at 24-13 and 13 with a good record. But, I mean, 4-6 and six in their last 10. Not playing the best ball. I mean, I, I think I that's just a Chris see, Milton I just want to see all these teams healthy, man. I know yeah. I say it all the time. Like I really just I want to see the Bucks play with Chris Middleton. They didn't. They have been though, dude. How, and he has he, not been playing well at all. Has he been limited? He's averaging eleven points a game. Has he been limited? Because he didn't play at all in that season. I mean, he doesn't, huh? He, he didn't play at all. Oh, he didn't season. play in the C's game. He was out, but um, but I mean, he's playing as of right now. He's playing twenty-four minutes a game, eleven points a game, shooting thirty-two percent, twenty-seven percent from three. Like he's not playing good. I mean, he's not get, playing a lot, but he's not playing well. They'll get back into it. I mean, I don't hope for it, but the Bucks hope to see him come around. Because if he doesn't come around, I don't think they can main. No. I don't. I don't think Giannis can do it alone in the playoffs with Drew and Bobby, you know, and company. Yeah, I mean, it should be really interesting. Do you think Giannis's surrounding team is better than like LeBron's surrounding team with like yes, Ky- with Kyrie and wait, what LeBron? Yeah, like when LeBron was on the Cavs and had Kyrie and Kyrie oh, or, or Kevin Love. Um, Do you think no? Yeah, yeah. I don't think well because I don't think it'd be Giannis a much harder. Has a Kyrie, I don't think Chris Middleton's Kyrie. No, Kyrie was I at think, the time. Kyrie I think, was in the, probably I mean, the best the point guard in the good league. Players. I mean, they got Middleton, they got Drew Holiday, they got Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis. But I mean, that Cavs team. I mean, they had some role players, but I mean, they had J.R. Smith, Mon Shumper, Kevin Love. A lot um, of those guys were. Under, but they're good role players. They're underrated, yeah. Undervalued. Yeah, good under, undervalued role players. I agree. And playing with a guy like LeBron, I mean, and the chemistry those Cavs team had was unmatched. The Bucks have good chemistry too, though. They do. I mean, they're they're they former do. champions. They have a great a coach. They have Giannis, like great leader. Yeah. You know, and their point guard is still great. Drew Holiday is a great point guard. Yeah. Do agree with you that that was my point. The Bucks cannot get it done without Chris Middleton. I don't think Giannis has enough around him. Obviously, Drew Holiday, I said, is really good. Yeah, but outside of that, you know, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, like guys like that aren't Grayson Allen. Like Grayson Allen's still on the Bucks, huh? Grayson Allen's on the Bucks. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's on the Bucks. Role player. He's on the bench. I don't think he starts. Mm-mm. But you know, guys like that aren't going to win you a chip. Yeah. No. They're I'm not, not. going to beat you know. You're not going to beat the C's and the ECF with just Giannis. Like yeah. they proved it last year. Yeah. Um, to end the show, um, I want I want to each give uh, our listeners a team to watch for in this next week as the season keeps progressing. Um, because, you know, there's always teams that are up, that are down, um, that are undervalued, overvalued. Um, do you have a team that you want to uh, speak? I, yeah, I can speak on mine first. And mine's the Sacramento Kings, man. 
I mean, they're sitting at 20 and 16 right now. I mean, they're only six and four in their last 10 games, but I want to give the credit to their team and their roster. I mean, I think this is definitely one of the most undervalued teams in the league right now. I mean, we talk about them at times, but De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Huerta, Harrison Barnes, Demonis Sabonis, Keegan Murray. De'Aaron Fox had like 44 last night, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> he had a game. And while I'm not saying this, saying I think the Kings can be a dominant force come playoff time and make the finals, I just think this is a great young team with a lot of potential for years to come. I think they're set up great. And I think it all starts with that. I mean, it's tough to say, but I think it all starts with that Sabonis trade. I think that trade with Sabonis and uh, Halliburton, I think it was a great trade. Yeah. I, th I think they maybe gave up a little too much, but they have a lot of great players on their team to where they didn't need those guards. You know, they didn't need Buddy and Halliburton. They needed a big man for him. And I think it's fit perfect for their team. I mean, Sabonis is – I love Sabonis. He's I think a top he's, five center in the league. Yeah, he's a great – you think he's a center? He's only like 6'11". I right? think he's a center. You got, yeah, he could play the four. He's a center. Because he played the four on the Pacers with Miles – I mean, uh, he averages 18.5 and 12.5. And because and on the Pacers, he played the four with uh, Miles Turner. He's seven one, dude. Is he really? He's big. God damn. I was thinking he was like 6'11". Yeah, me too. He's I huge. I thought he was like Rob's size. Rob's 6'9". <laughs> it's crazy. Right? It's just the reach, He's man. just the reach, the bounce. <laughs> yeah, but no, and then keep speaking on the Kings. I mean, Davion Mitchell, a great man to have off the bench, and Malik Monk. I mean, that's just to name a few. The Kings are a fun team to watch, and if you want to watch good ball, some different ball, not always on TV, I would check out the Sacramento Kings. You got a, you got a team, though? Yeah, um... Obviously, their best players just got announced that he's going to be out for three weeks. But the Pelicans, yeah, before Zion got that injury, they were probably the most fun team to watch in the NBA. They have, um, you know, they have Jose Alvarado. No one talks about him a lot, but he's he pisses me yeah, off. He's man. A, he's fun to watch. Yeah, he's like a Marcus you know? Smart type. Yeah. You know, yeah. they have him. They have CJ. They have Bi. They have Zion. And uh, Valanciunas. And that, in my opinion, that starting lineup is one of the best starting lineups in the NBA. I agree. I think just having CJ, Zion, and B.I., yeah. just with that alone, yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Because Zion, you know, he came in and he's playing NBA caliber basketball now. Yeah, yeah. It's been awesome watching him. So it's, Hate to see him out with that hamstring. But, but the reason I, uh, for the next couple of weeks, you're going to realize how important Zion is to that team because I think they're going to have a tremendous drop-off in winning without yeah. Zion. Yeah. Um, I like that. So it would be really interesting to see. Yeah. It would be really, I'm really curious to see if CJ McCollum, you know, hits takes that over. next level, takes over a little you know, bit. You know, BI yeah. needs to take over too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I consider him the main guy on that team. And it's crazy. I think CJ McCollum's a third man on that team. Yeah. But CJ McCollum's a tremendous player and he can be a two on most teams. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see the league. I love watching it. Gets better and better every night. Someone will always surprise you, whether it's a superstar or a role player. Someone's always having a dominant night. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in to Lance's House of Sports. It's a new year, 2023. Um, we're looking ahead to having a great year. Um, but yeah, let's keep moving forward. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you guys next week.